begin the podcast people this is just a quick message for myself to thank you for your loyal and loving support i wouldn't be sitting in this couch if it wasn't with thirties but i must ask you to support me a wee bit more my patreon is available now for subscription i would ask you please for the bottom of your heart and your bank account come and support the man help me turn this into a full-time job i've been doing this a couple of years now and i really want to progress to the next level where i can make endless content i will always feature guest episodes on youtube so never fear that will always be available to anybody that wants to watch them but if you subscribe to the patreon you will get notified first before anybody of who that week's guest will be you also have the option to suggest what kind of guests you'd like to see on the program i'll also do extra bonus content for example reaction videos reaction videos to tunes rap battles to films to anything that you want to see remember when you are signed up to the patreon you have exclusive control you suggest the content you want to see would you you want to watch and i'll do my best to accommodate your requests i'll also be uploading behind the scenes footage to the patreon so how i set up for premeditated power what goes on off the camera that you see on youtube will be available on the patreon how much do i ask for this I ask for a fiver a month five pounds per month is the total that's all i ask of you and you will get this endless stream of bonus content the love you give will also be the love you get enjoy the podcast people <laughs> the music is the thing that just doesn't catch on but it's the thing i'm most passionate about the thing i just enjoy that's what it all started famous playing i played the farm that because what you do a mix it's like hip-hop and you go back into indian and a bit of folk and all that's kind of i think i've got adhd or something man because i pure jump between them but it's just i've kind of started to try and blend them on now so now because i've got a band together and uh, what I try and do is see the like, kind of indie rap, where it's kind of like guitars and shit. It's got melodies, but it's kind of rap style. Because see, when I say to people, I do indie rap, they're like, ah, really? <laughs> it's like a pure, um, that's a niche. Uh, you kind of have to like, <clears throat> scout about and find your lane and then just wait. That's exactly it, mate. That's exactly it. <laughs> it's try to find what works for you because I've done the singer-songwriter stuff. I've done like parodies <clears throat> at first. And uh, I didn't do them at first. I wrote tunes and that, man. But I, I, I loved Oasis. It was right. Oasis I picked up a guitar, obviously, as you can see, you know what I mean? Uh, but it was, that's the reason I picked up a guitar, so with that, that's the kind of tunes I tried to write, but after a while I just reached this fucking pure uh, stalemate, it was just like, that all sounded the fucking same, and then just hitting up your writer's block, and I was like, I need to keep myself, keep keep it different, mix it up, no, I mean to keep myself interested, nothing to talk about. So how's your cell anyway, man? It's good to have you in the part of Puffy. I'm no bad, mate. Thanks for having me. Uh, Peter, what about yourself? I'm great, mate. I'm great. It's been a fucking mental day, if I'm being honest, man. A fucking... I end up arguing with a farmer on Tinder, right? This mad bird. <laughs> I Tinder, I, I end up arguing <laughs> with birds on Tinder, fuck. And then I get a letter <coughs> saying I'm fucking getting taken to court for not paying my council tax. Within the space of 10 minutes before I had my first coffee. So I think I've negotiated both situations, right? But it's 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 been an interesting day to start but i'm glad you've came down to join me man it's very beautiful and see i love making music so i can relate to people that make music but i've not had many people in like see that play the guitar and that Aye. kind of stuff man so what's your story how did you end up finding yourself getting into music uh well goes way back so i mean when i go way way back to like my sort of 
my kind of young, young child days. I just always wanted to, like, same with like Oasis, Blink-182, and uh, who was the other one? Green Day. I used oh, to listen to all of that when I, when, I, when I was wee, and I just wanted to go and buy a guitar, so I saved up my pocket money, bought myself a guitar, kind of self-taught myself for there. Uh, started out singing, just going around the pubs, the open mics, and then kind of during lockdown, I just like, just knuckled down and just went for my my own singer-songwriter project. Really? So that, eh? that kicked off. 2020, I released my first song, The Sesh. Uh, and then from there, I've just been lucky enough to be doing more songs and then travelling a bit mainly the UK, just playing festivals and shows and that. Ah, so do you do a lot of shows up and down the country? Uh, aye. So, like, this this year I've done, I ended up doing two shows in Glasgow at the start of the year. One was with a promoter called This Feeling, right. which was big in 2023, so that kind of showcases the best in the up-and-coming scene. Uh, in the UK and then I done New Year's Revolution which is um, at King Tut's mm -hmm. so I played that as a support and then going on to play King Tut's on the 14th of July uh, which is going to be class and then also I was just back from playing the Isle of Wight Festival uh, How's the Isle of Wight? Superb man what an experience like. is it? I've never just, been to that festival is that a good festival? Aye great festival so I think it's like the second biggest in the UK massive um, like about 15 stages it remind, reminded me of the good old Tina Park it was really? kind of similar to that but just a great crowd I've done two two great sets and just met loads of great great people and seen a lot of great music So did you meet any famous artists? Um, I bumped into a couple I think some of the people I, I managed to see one, one was uh, I seen Jamie Webster briefly oh, was, Red, love Red, his music man Red Rum Club so um, two great artists that have done really really well mm. artists and band that's done really really well in the past couple of years so see, uh, see when you picked up the guitar the first time that you say you were young, you were what age were you about roughly? Oh, like must have been about like nine, ten, round about that. Really? Like, really so really that really very, very young. Yeah. When did you start writing songs? Well, uh, writing songs. <coughs> so I think my first, my first couple of ideas would probably date back to being about maybe about nineteen, twenty, round about that that sort of frame. Right. Um, just running, running through there to early twenties, but I just never had the boss to, to to actually release or really? sound. Really, so we just got probably, a lot of writing. Probably early twenties, so I had loads of ideas. So a lot of stuff, you know, especially nowadays when I write, man, I've just come up with, I've come up with loads of like narratives because I'm I'm kind of like a, a storyteller. Like right. I like my music's kind of storytelling, and then. Uh, Big Amphemic choruses and hooks. That's 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 what I do. Nah, now. You can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Big Amphemic hooks. Exactly, mate. Man. Exactly. Bottle for the best, isn't but, it? But uh, that's that's really just that's that's where I'm that's where I'm good at. Just that. Just for me going to gigs. If everybody's jumping about, going mental, they're having a good time. Obviously, it's different for everybody. But that's that's sort of me. So, um, aye, there's loads of things over the years that I've just came up with ideas, melodies, riffs, mm, words. Mm. And just kind of work them over time. Mm -hmm. So, see when you uh, when you first started writing songs, what gave you the inspiration? Because you said it was ten years you've been playing a guitar. At what point you're like, right, I'm going to start writing mine stuff. I'm going to go for it. Uh, no, nah, it's it's mad. So, like one of my uh, like I love Jerry Cinnamon and Jerry Cinnamon songs. Mm -hmm. So I just yeah. I, I always the one that sticks out for me is Cantor, and it's like this is the beginning of the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. That was it, man. That was just a. I think for a lot of folk in Scotland, and that it was just like a bit up the backside. Like you need to go and do some of your life. Ah, you know I mean? definitely, man. Because. Uh, because I started writing tunes as well when I started playing the guitar, I started talking about with a band, and one of them encouraged it, like, like, just write whatever, you can only get better. And the thing that got me, because I had that thing in my head, where I can't write this, try to write a tune, and you start, you're kind of cringing, I was anyway, cringing at first, like, ah, can't write about this and all that, man, can't so slaughter me. And then I had a thought, like, nobody needs to hear it. I can, like, know what I mean, unless... Yeah. 
something that I let them hear it. So that's what kind of, for me, I was able to sit in, in my own company and write about stuff. See, at the start, what were you writing about? Were you just writing about your life or was there anything in your head that you felt as if I need to get this out in uh, some form of art? Aye, uh, so every time now, every time I write, I've got a message I want to get across, like right. a narrative. But um, uh, at first it was my life. So my first, the first song was... Uh, was called The Sesh, so that was literally just about going out. So was that the first tune you ever wrote? Um, or so just the first one you released? First one I released. So that example was, again, about my life. It was just going back through a phase of my life where you would just uh, literally go Friday to Sunday and you would just get hammered every weekend. And uh, that would you would end up in a cycle and you just, you'd just repeat it all the time. So it was a mix of that plus the knock-on effects for that is you can end up in quite a, quite a dark place. You know what I mean? So that was kind of the message to it as well. So there was kind of like a dual message there so a lot of times it's just about my life what i see in my friends and my family's life and then also if i'm observing just like what's going on in the world mm-hmm. like what's going on in the world can you write something there can you get a message across that's going to make a wee bit of difference i totally man totally as well it's a great vessel for expression see like the old songwriting as they say man because uh when i started as well i think it's a Glaswegian thing. The first thing I wrote was about getting mad with it. Because it's like, right, what do I do? Right. What's get happening in my get life? Mad right dog now? Get the mad dog. Oh, I'm fucking always mad, mate. Here's a fucking, here's a start. Let me stop you right there, pal. Hate to interrupt, but you need to shut your mouth right now and let the big man get yapping. This is a short message for your sponsors, Ross Harper Solicitors. Are you needing criminal representation in court? Do you feel that you and your lawyer don't have the relationship that you think you need for him or her? today the job that they need to get you off. I've got just the man for you. Nigel Scullion at Ross Harper Solicitors is a true embodiment of what it means to be a good lawyer. And I'm not just talking about in the courtroom. Nigel seeks to develop a personal relationship with his clients. He wants to keep you at the courtroom. He's not just wanting to fill his pockets. He wants to get you in, get you out and set you on a path of freedom. Nigel, is get his clientele at his heart. But don't get me wrong, in the courtroom, he is a stallion. He will fight tooth and nail to keep you from going up to the big boy house or the big girl house or the big them house. I've known Nigel a couple of months and I've developed a personal relationship with him. He's very relatable. I've met a good few lawyers in my time. Nigel's young and he's feisty and he's ferocious, but he's a friendly guy. Any support you need outside the courtroom, he will provide it for you. And Nigel's the kind of guy that will offer you the kind of support that doesn't need a legal aid certificate signed after it. He's a great guy and an even better lawyer. He comes for a long line of good lawyers. This man has got criminal defence in his genes. Just think about it. Do you want to go to jail or do you want to go home? And if you've not got a home, Nigel's the kind of man that will help you find the correct support services you need because his work goes far beyond the realms of inside the courtroom. This is a guy that cares about his clients and he sees them as more than clients. He sees them as people. These people that have for whatever reason, they've ended up in a maybe a wee dark point in their life. He seeks to get them out of it and keep them out of it. So look no further than Nigel Scullion at Ross Harper Solicitors to support you and your needs and staying out the jail. 0800 11 12 13 is the contact number. If you want to get them online, it's www.rossharper.com. You can direct message him on Instagram at Ross Harper Scotland, TikTok at Ross Harper 61, and you can find him on Facebook at Ross Harper. To sum Nigel Scullion up in a short sentence, he's old school with a new energy. Check them out, people, Ross Harper solicitors. But in the meantime, enjoy the podcast. 
I don't know if this is a thing that's shared by everybody when you whenever you write a tune or that me personally, you're always thinking, like I want to write something, people are gonna jump to, people are gonna get all that people, it's gonna be the pure crowd pleaser. And naturally if people are at a gig they are fucking mad with it. Standard, there's fucking beer, there's fucking booze, know what I mean? So it comes hand in hand. So it's try to for the offset, try to connect with the audience. Yeah, hundred percent. It's two two ways. That like I love that as well. If I go to a gig or a festival, you're waiting for that absolute indie banger that everybody's gonna go mental to. But as well, with the way you write, you can connect with folk and folk can listen and see or listen or see a lyric and it you can just trigger you know, memories in their head. Aye. And then that's a connection. You know what I mean? That's a connection with the audience and that as well. So it's kind of those two things. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's the sort of art of it all, just to get everybody together. Brings people together. It's a magical thing, old music, man. See, especially, like, there's certain lyrics and certain songs that everybody just gets. It's like, maybe there'll be one, you'll hear a tune like, I like this song, I like that lyric, and it connects with you individually but maybe as you say you've got that big indie banger like one band or an artist plays and every cunt they're singing it word for word there are certain lines that stand out views oasis for example know what i mean there's a lot of lines that stand out and you're like ah, every cunt connects over that it's a great connector and i was pure looking at it right music came about it's been about fucking i think since the dawn of time <coughs> roughly no long after the start of mankind some form of music and it's it's grown and expanded throughout the ages but uh, it's it's almost it's mere. I say it's like right. If you're gonna be blunt and theoretical, or whatever music is a sound. You hear it, but it's much more than that. It's fucking spiritual, it's right. emotional, man. It's therapy. No, I mean you feel it, you experience it. As you say, you hear a, a certain line in a song. You hear a certain song. It will transport you back to like a memory. Sometimes I'll be listening to a tune and it will remind me about something I forgot. Not talking about. Right, but I'll hear. I'll remember. Like, ah, fuck! Remember that tune came out. X, Y, and Z happened, and uh, it takes you back. It's like an emotional time machine. Hundred percent. Like one of the recent ones, like I've listened to loads because I watched uh, <clears throat> Oasis at the Barrowlands. Mm. Uh, you got that on YouTube. Great gig. So uh, there's a bit. There's a section when No Gallagher just comes out. They go off, and he does the acoustic. Uh-huh. So it's half the world away. Oh, so right. it's like starts. I would like to leave this city. So just straight away stuff like that just connects with anybody that like knows that they need to leave their hometown and go and travel the world and that, and show people how good they are and work with different people just to kind of chase your dreams so that's that's kind of for me like they're a massive and great example of that mm. plus as well it's it's just like kind of said it's spiritual it's also like i think the very biggest bands artists it's it's not just music it's a movement at the end of the day like oasis if they if they get back together then there's stadiums and, oh, and it's not just in manchester it's like all over the world, world wide, just, and everybody's turning up dressed like this ah, I mean, I i'm growing my hair for the occasion you know what i mean Adidas <laughs> trainers big Fred Perry or Pretty Green or Adidas total long coats and stuff like that and then you know what I mean there's just thousands upon thousands of folk turning up just to just to enjoy it it'll be tickets going for about three grand I know see because it'll aye. sell out that's the only thing I'm like, I hope they get back together then like, I'll probably <laughs> get a ticket fuck's sake aye, if you've not got the pre-sale link then you're just aye, no if chance if you've not got the pre-sale man you're getting a fucking <laughs> luminous jacket and you're sneaking in innit it'll be a good TikTok video anyway you know what I mean <laughs> aye, you can get the wee hill up the back of Hamden man and just watch it for there like. oh really aye is there a hill up there like, like the overlook in Hamden, man, but you'll probably not see the gig, like, but. Ah, you hear it, <laughs> I'll be, I'll be the just, you can hear it. just imagine <laughs> it. Get a fucking AI gig or something like that, I want to go. Aye. So, when did you actually start writing tunes? How long have you actually been doing it for? Um, so, this current project, PG Charlotte, this will be since 2020. So, so, so is that three years? Aye, so this is the third year I've been, I've been there. Right, right. So, see, since you started writing till now how has your technique developed how what is it uh, as you say you get certain ideas and that kind of thing do you have like, a, a method to writing songs or do you just kind of pick up the guitar then something will come out 
Aye, so two two instruments for me. So I'd, I'd typically my strongest instrument is the acoustic guitar. Right. So I'll start the acoustic guitar. I've been teaching myself keys and that. Mm-hmm. Just just to help songwriting in general, it's good being on the keys. Once you pick a key, you've always got a scale and you've got loads of, there's only so many things you can do. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So the, the, the keys are pretty efficient. But you talk tip- about like piano or Aye, keyboard? Like piano, right, right, right. piano or keyboard. But uh, no, typically I'd start just on the acoustic guitar. Um, so if I went back to 2020, how would I write? I would just, I would just rattle a song out just like in, a, in an hour. Mm-hmm. And that would be it. Like, this is the song, we're going for it. But now it's changed. It totally does change over time. Now it's like, and, and a good example is the Lewis Capaldi documentary. You'll see, you'll see on that, so again, he starts with either the keys or a guitar, and he'll get an idea. It'll not be a complete song. He'll just get you know a verse or a verse and a pre-chorus mm. or a verse up to probably you'd put a template chorus, and then from there it's kind of where you want to go. You can either go self-releasing or you can then start working with different people like co-writers and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, what I do now is um, and kind of what I've realised is it does take music. Like making music does take time, and every time you release, you want to get the full potential out of it. And to do that, you've just kind of got to build your network of people around you, people you trust. Uh, and then what I do now is I'll just get different sorts of ideas. Um, I'll go for there and then I'll go and work with different people. And then when I go and work with like co-writers and producers and stuff, that's when I'll really just, you know, I'll have this idea, let, let's get the best melody for, say, the chorus for the hook. Mm-hmm. Make sure they're right, because at the end of the day, that's, that's like the most powerful bit of the whole yeah, song. That's what catches uh, people. So I've kind of got a mix of that. And then obviously my verses are kind of, what is what's no change than what's kind of same like my verses are very storytelling so that's kind of just that's really been consistent throughout so that is, that is interesting like your, your perceptions and stuff change and just like when i go back to 2020 when i started releasing i didn't really know anybody you know what mm, i mean mm-hmm. that, that's all i knew at the time whereas right. now you just for me I'm, I'm always keen to just travel about whether it's in scotland down in england further afield i've not had the chance to go overseas and that yet but um it's just to learn see different perceptions learn of different people if you get a chance to go and work with some of your Heroes of the past, you take it in a heartbeat. If you ah, get, no, if, you get if you get a chance to go and work with the songwriters <coughs> that are out there, then you take it because there's so much you can learn, and it just kind of changes your your output over time. Hundred percent, because uh, as well as writing songs, see, I've, I I use myself as an example because uh, I I like writing songs just for the sake of writing them. As I say, I'm an abandoned that man, but it's <coughs> it's one of the things I still do that. Well. If I did a podcast, for instance, I'm like, I can make that into a job. Eventually, other things, I'm building a platform. That, I just did it for the love of doing it. And, uh, but for me personally, see, I started putting my stuff out online. And see, when you put it out online, I don't know, if maybe you get a wee bit of traction, mate, and people like it. Then when you start writing again, do you feel as if, when you've been given like, that kind of applause by people... Do you feel as if you, your uh, intentions for writing it starts becoming about the audience rather than about yourself? Um, could, could, to be honest, it could be a, a mix. Um, like, if I go on the TikTok side of things, like, the, my biggest traction has been doing covers. So that uh-huh. was doing, like, what, Flower of Scotland with the castle in the background mm-hmm. or Lock Woman with Hamden in the background mm-hmm. or DG Bad Boy sitting on the bench <laughs> up the West End <laughs> I love the vibe <laughs> sums up Scottish culture <laughs> in two songs well then that one just went fucking you know viral I just I mean looking at the first half an hour of that video going up and I was like oh no I'm in trouble here like I'm going to get pelters <laughs> I did get pelters but uh, no it's kind of tailoring it to suit your, your audience so uh, at the end of the day if it's if it's not for the people you, you'll never make it you know what I mean you'll never you'll never get to where you want to go the people have to be part of the journey mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a team game so 
you all have your passions and you'll know where you want to go but you have to kind of listen to what your audience and your people are telling you as well uh-huh. and you work together mm-hmm. so did that thought that first thought occur when you started posting TikTok or did you think of this before like, or was it always initially about the audience had to play a part in your writing um, yeah kind of a mix to be honest I've seen TikTok and I realised like how powerful TikTok is like you as, a, as an artist you're trying to get your messages out there you're trying to get your music out there you're trying to get yourself out there mm. and TikTok is one of the most powerful platforms in the world for, or the most powerful platform ah, definitely the algorithm's fucking insane um, so aye it's just, just all the sort of the positives from that um, but yeah, I've been kind kind of consistent along all the different platforms. I've been lucky enough, kind of going on the lives and stuff. You get you do get to meet all your sort of the people that are following you, the people that you do meet along the way as well. So, yeah, for me, they 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 will give you a lot of sort of feedback and and they'll react in certain ways to your songs. So it kind of gives you the the main thing for me is more when you get the nice messages and you get people like giving you a bit of positivity back it does give you a boost you know mm-hmm. i mean it does give you a boost it does positively impact you and then you can go away and start writing again mm-hmm. and then plus you know what's you know what i mean you know what the, the people are wanting what mm-hmm. the audience are wanting as well so it kind of then kind of shapes uh, your direction where you're going a hundred percent because see if we uh, if you look back to like even 10 10 15 years ago when like, uh, like artists like singer songwriters were first performing you would only really get audience feedback if you went to a gig played at a gig and it would be maybe a small number of people and how often do you get people feeding you back about your tunes at a gig like a couple depending how big the crowd is but whereas we've got TikTok Facebook and all that kind of stuff people can message you at any time of the day yeah. people can find your videos that you might have no posted in two weeks but people can be messaging you about a video you posted a month ago so it's like your stuff is always available there Aye. so people can watch you at any time of the day Aye, I think it's in this day and age it's a real mix so you've got to you've still got to build your physical footprint you still have to go out and play live Ah, no, 100% um, what I do is like, end of, like when I play live, I just make sure at the end I'll go out there, I'll, I'll stick around, I'll go and speak to people, you go and meet people, um, people will come up and speak to you and, and from there you'll kind of hear, hear what their kind of thoughts are as well and then you'll just generally get to meet people and have a bit of laugh with them, mm-hmm. which, is, which is the main thing and then obviously social media, consistent man, I just wake up to messages and that all the time, positive ones, nah, <laughs> negative good ones. stuff man, like, you negative still get the odd negative yeah, ones yeah. man. But, and and I get, um, aye, so if I go on live I get some direct like, comments all the time, I've just, the amount of times I've been called like Tommy Fury half wish or, <laughs> or, or I've got the same barber as Kim Jong-un, that's it, every week, <laughs> I get that every week man, but uh, yeah, but at the end of the day it's, it seems to be part and parcel when you put yourself out there and you get a video which goes up with popularity, you're going to get 90 Eight, 99% of folk being positive and you're still going to get that wee nah, element as well it swings in roundabouts in it it comes with a game see uh, <coughs> how did you end up posting TikTok when did you start actually was it TikTok the very first thing you started posting your videos on uh, no so it would have been it would have been Twitter I started when I when I when I sort of came back it was Twitter I, I kicked off on the Twitter and obviously the usual ones of Facebook Facebook, uh, Twitter. At that point in time, Twitter was really powerful. The reach, obviously, Twitter, like Elon Musk, and that's taking over it. And that, ah, who knows? Everybody's getting their badges taken off them in that. <laughs> but, but like for now, like the reach on tech, um, Twitter just seems to like it's, it's not the same. But back then, Twitter was really, really powerful. That was kind of the one. So it was more twi- Twitter, Facebook, and then. But in this right now, I would say Instagram, Instagram, Instagram Reels, TikTok. That's that's where it's at now. So I've kind of changed over time, and you have to change. You have to adapt. Nah, what goes on? Um, but like now, it's like five platforms. You know what I mean? Like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, um, and then obviously your own website and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. Have you got your own website? I've got my own website. Is today. that for so people can book you and that kind of thing? Uh, just a mixture of things. So you've got that there. It'll just it's got your 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 details, all the links to all your socials. Folk can come in there and put in like contact you. 
bookings and stuff like that. Um, what else? And then there's like a mailing list as well. So your your kind of followers or people can sign up to your mailing list, and that's where you can get like all the news slightly before it comes out and all the public right, forums. Yes, so, um, so you've got that that as well. So there's kind of like over time you've got like five, six. You know what I mean? Mm. Growing numbers of. Uh, um, social media platforms that you need to kind of run with ah it's busy man it's a busy life man you need, that's how people need fucking managers at the start you need, <laughs> need self manage and see all the social medias and that see because I've got a, I, do a pot, I do so many different things as well sometimes I'm like ah mate there could be two of me and I'd still be fucking busy aye, aye, it, is, it can be quite hectic but same thing as well that's what separates the 5% from the 95% because 90, 95% of people are black fuck this I'm not doing that I'm doing the old school way and as you say you need to adapt aye there's my CD aye that's exactly my CD you're the fuck you're a CD player motors I mean get CD players these days man you <laughs> know what I mean so as it's adapting with the times and plus as well back like as I, I go back like 10 years ago man it's probably about 10 years ago mate see if you wanted to get your music out there man you'd be touring up and down the country busting your cunting aye. people still do it but no, you can just record a video playing a tune and it can reach the same people it would take you a month to reach if you were lucky on the road. It's just mental. We've actually got it all at our fingertips now. You don't really need to... The potential of being uh, spotted by an audience is much greater than it was like a decade ago. Aye, 100%. You can still get so you can still get people that turn up to your shows and that and they'll, they'll watch you live. And a lot of times I think folk will kind of assess that, you know what I mean? They'll come and see live. But in this day and age, aye, you're, you're right, man. You can post a reel post a TikTok, 5 million views, and then, like, everybody knows who you are, you know what I mean? I That's, know, then, I know, you can cheat, you can cheat <laughs> these days man, but see, you can't beat a live gig man, because it's just, it's one thing, because there's some people, you get like recording artists, people just record on as a tune, never release anything, in a releasing artist, people just release shit, but never perform, for me, I think I'm just old school, you're probably the same, it's like, going to a gig, actually have it, I've got a gig, getting set up man, get that nervous energy, you're getting in, it's a fucking pub, you've got, You've got people that are coming to see you, you've got some cunts that have never fucking heard of you, but they're, they're just there, they're all mad with it, and then once you get up and you do your thing, man, you cannot beat it, man, there's a fucking no drug that can convert it. Aye, 100%. Just the, just the sort of buzz being on stage, and uh, even for me as well, I just like like going and watching gigs and that as well, like the amount of times through here, so much like Glasgow's got a great scene, <clears throat> so many venues, mm. um, not, not even like stuff at the Hydro and that, man, I just I go and watch stuff that's in like the 100 to 300, ah. 500 cap venues, there's always... There's always kind of nice and good to see folk as well when you get the chance to see folk up close when they're coming through before they hit the big time and then That's they're just it. on the big massive 50,000 sell at Hamden and stuff like that aye and you're uh, buying your tickets have fucking touts for fucking 200 <laughs> quid extra man aye, your, mom, your mom can't even get in but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no uh, aye that, that's where it all comes together like, releasing music's great social media's great but aye when everybody comes together puts on a show everybody has a fucking great night aye um, that's, that's the main thing great night Everybody loves it. Everybody's happy. Everybody goes home safe. Aye. And then we fucking do it all over, all over again, man. 90%. percent And you can see, I'm where you see with the, the smaller gigs, like the wee, even the fucking 100 capacity places. I used to, there was a few years ago, me and all our pals, I, I don't drink anywhere, but we did. Used to drink a fair bit. And we'd go up to the tune, we'd go to like the old trail dressers, or broadcast, or places like that. Small venues, but you'd go and see cunts you'd never heard in your life. But you'd go and see somebody, but ah, fuck, see, they're actually decent. Aye, aye. You would discover people, and it's like, if you look at all these big bands that are playing like the hydros and all that kind of stuff these big artists you probably you're familiar with their discography you know what I mean you know their songs you know the big ones but you fucking you go to these small places and you hear cunts like oof they're doing something sometimes you get ideas like oof that's a that's a wee idea there that's, I wonder why he's doing that and then 
you get into these different bands and it is great and it's as you say it's the, it's the undiscovered new uh, rising stars that you go and see are you sick of that decrepit old dust collecting beetle crushing disgusting dirt dump you call a carpet does your flooring look like a sumo wrestler's been doing the gangnam style no filling these potholes are you scunnered with the skirting does your floorboards need a jacket then I've got just the thing for you HFM flooring are the grand masters at caressing the underside of your soles with the finest most plushest fabrics ever to grace the market. They fit carpets so soft, you'll soak into it like Ewan McGregor and that scene for Trainspotting. They also do laminate flooring that will restore the style back beneath your feet. Boosh! They also provide LVT and vinyl flooring, which is waterproof, slip resistant and suitable for use with underfloor heating. And if you're somebody that likes to kick back in the garden, but you're allergic to cutting grass. Are you blame the hay fever? HFM flooring also installs premium artificial grass, which is easily installed, fade resistant UV protected, has inbuilt drainage to flush out any water, and is pet friendly. All measures and estimates are free. That's right, free. And if you use promo code 50, you'll get 5% off. HFM flooring is located at Unit 5, 219 Govan Road, Glasgow. G512HJ. You can contact them directly by telephone on 0141 239 9123. Or you can check out their website www.hfm carpetsandflooring.co.uk or you can message them directly via social media on either Facebook or Instagram at HFM Carpet Flooring. HFM will fit the flooring that your feet will be adoring. Do you remember your first gig? Uh, aye, aye, I do, How was man. that? Uh, How was your nerves? You shaking yourself? Oh, I was fucking breaking it, man. I, I mean, <laughs> Where was it? Uh, so, my, like, first, so I played two, my first ever... Uh, so on this project, my first ever gig was down in a place called Witness, like this all day event. But Witness, aye, Witness. That's fucking so it was like, like Merseyside, down Merseyside, man. How the but, fuck did you end up down there? Hey, just again, it was for Twitter, man. It was the reach oh, of Twitter. Right, so I ended up in this big community on Twitter with just folks sharing like basically new music. Right. Uh, and then for there, build a big network, and you end up getting an invite to go down there. So that was great, man. It was quite, it was a big day. It was pretty mental, to be honest. Uh, for, in Scotland, my first one was at King Touch. I supported a guy called uh, Andrew Cushion. Um, uh, I follow him but uh, aye what a voice uh, great guy so even even my dad's kind of like I think my dad's more of a fan of him than he is of me to be honest but, oh, God, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we, we played <clears throat> played played with him but uh, fuck me great great voice some great songs uh, but I do remember that night so at that point in time now now I play like I do a whole range of shows now I'll play like I'll, I'll play with so I've got a band that play with me as well oh, do you, still, still do a lot of sort of just kind of solo acoustic stuff, acoustic gigs as well, really enjoy them, different styles of performances. But that night, uh, I just I, I just kind of remember being there, I was, I was kind of just like, 30 minutes of it going on, just being like, fuck, like in the King Touch green room, but like, I'm fucking in King Touch, what am I doing here? Total shite myself. But then like, went on, great night, uh, it, was a, it was a good crowd, but it was just, it's just mad back then, because my whole perception had changed, like I was like in football terms, at, back then I was trying to like get the ball and play like fucking 45 yard passes like for one side, get back and volley it in the top corner, where kind of all you needed to do was just get it and play a five yard pass and just move up the park, you know what I mean, it was kind of like 
I was going there, I had loop pedals, I had fucking kick oh, pedals, I had electric guitar, and I was going for it, but I, I think is I just, I, I taught myself, so I can still use the loop pedal, I didn't use it now, but I still, I can still use it, and back then, I mean, I was just going for it on stage, just like, but like time-wise, man, it'd be taking so much time, it'd be taking like three, four minutes to get the loop going, <laughs> and I was talking about one boy at the front, he was just like total blown away, being like, fucking hell, you saw that, like, he's totally just looping, he's wee riffing that, <laughs> but so I was, I was going for everything, I was just probably trying to be too fancy, and then now, it's totally changed now. Now it's the perception. It's just like going play the guitar. Still got the kick pedal if I play my own. Mm-hmm. Play the guitar. Get your voice across. You know what I mean. Over time, your voice and that gets better. So for me, it's like you know, pick your. You know what your strengths are. Go with it, and then sometimes it's just like didn't make it too complex. You know what I mean. Aye. Back then it was kind of like kind of overcomplicating it. Just try to be too fancy when you didn't really need to do that. Just understand what works. Your strengths are and just fucking go with it. And that's that's the challenge when you start out is. You kind of under, you, you need to understand one what your sound is, but what your context are like. Who you are, what do you actually stand for, and like how you're going to perform, how you're going to come across. So it kind of you've kind of got to storm that for a bit of time till you actually understand it, and then you know what I mean, go for it for there. So that was that was that was it. When going back then, it was I kind of scary, a lot of nervous energy, totally different perception of how I was perform now. But you learn every day. You know what I mean? Mm. Learn every day and like kind of day one, your first performance, you're never going to be ready for like your, your max potential. You have to develop that over time. That's you a process. I mean? Aye, 100%. Process from start to finish and like hopefully one day you, look, you can look back and go, fuck me. Like I remember playing in this venue in front of 100 folk, but that's definitely, those are the, those are the days, those are the gigs that actually gave me the character and kind of gave me the chance to develop and become the performer that I am. So. Aye, because you always remember your earliest gigs because as you say, you, you get in, you're, you're telling that story there, it's so vivid a memory, you've probably played many gigs that you've forgotten about because Aye. you get comfortable and it's like, it becomes you're just going through the motions, it's the, the early gigs, you always remember your first gig because you're like, ah, what the fuck, it's, <laughs> you're finally there because when you're writing, me personally, you're probably the same, you pick up a guitar, I think everybody's mind gets transported to playing. At some point, playing a gig in front of people, you're hiking a big for a cunt stadium, you're fucking, every cunt's loving it, but when you do your first gig, it's a much more tense affair, for everybody, because you're getting up, and you're looking at cunts, like that, right, and it's all mad, these random cunts are looking at you, what's this cunt going to play, and as you say, when I done my first gig, mine was, it was so simple, it, it could have been stupid, it was just a guitar, you're going up with fucking loop pedals, and <laughs> fucking it. all that shit, because it's bad enough being nervous <laughs> and that, that you're getting up ready to do your fucking driving test, and play a fucking, play a gig <laughs> at the same time, like, man. tap dancing at the same time, <laughs> like, if this goes wrong, I'm fucked, we need to start again, but I know, I, I, but I seen it like, probably months after that, I went to, I I seen Katie Turnstone, she done like an inst- intimate gig. Right. And she done the kick pedal man, but it was like le- like levels that I've never seen before, like the fucking kick and like percussion and off like the guitar and stuff uh. like that and then looping it back into the system. And I'm like, fuck me, you know what I mean? That's in front of like 300, 400 folk, just totally relaxed, just going for it. And the thing is that like, when you watch folk do it, they actually fuck up. But when they fuck up, they just go with it. You know what I mean? Aye. And the crowd loves it because you're so relaxed and if you just come across as relaxed then, you know what I mean? It feeds off everybody else. Uh, you, you roll with the punches as well and I think obviously experience plays a big part because I, I, if she's, left, if we're using KT Tunst as an example, the amount of gigs she's played, she oh, definitely aye. fucked up a few times. You're going <laughs> to fuck up more than you don't but it's if you fuck up and then you let it derail your momentum and then that's when it gets noticed because it ends up becoming a car crash but if you fuck up and you just roll with it, you just go with it, sometimes you can turn the fuck up into, that's, that's exactly that, man, not a moon fuck's sake, the two fucking lead singers and that were fuck ups, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's like, I remember, 
<laughs> this video is like fucking they've all seen that video it's like the DJ it was like a fucking video on Facebook and it's like a DJ and see even you've got an aux cable plugged in but it's no fully plugged in it makes like a mad sound Aye, and it's like my bit 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 as if it's a connecting, but the cunt it's just like it was he was playing. I think it was a room full of his pals. I was like, what the fuck? And then he turned it into a beat. It was fucking crazy. And I was just like, ah, that is a pure great example of that. Like how, how able to fucking turn my fuck up into something amazing. That's that's the beauty of live. Like so, like social media. Like unless you're on a live, if you if you're recording a video, you know, there's obviously a bit of prep and practice. And you'll be rehearsing your lines, and you'll be like doing it until you get it spot on. Well, that's the beauty of live is just like you're going to get moments where you either just improvise on the spot or you just something happens and you just have to go with it and then it becomes like the highlight of the show. Aye, you know what I mean? <laughs> never forget it. I know, and sometimes <laughs> you can have is it, a, is it a happy accident or something where something happens accidentally, you're like, fuck, but then you're like, wait, what? Aye. I would have never have done that, but somehow by accident, this is what do it, and then you maybe stick with it. Is anything like that ever happened for you? Yeah. Aye, def, definitely. Yeah, so I went back last December, done see my first headline in Glasgow Poetry Club. Uh, fortunate enough, it sold out. But again, right at the end, we kind of do just this, this round off. Right. Just round off the show, and you kind of have a big freestyle and stuff like that. And I think that time I just came, I just got the guitar. Because usually I'll be playing the guitar at that point, I just fucking got the guitar off. <laughs> just kind of going about getting the crowd going. But uh, aye, like stuff like that. Usually, like if I was in a rehearsal room, you'd just be playing the guitar and you'd just be going word for word, just like blah 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 such and such you'd have like a spiel written off but that night I was like nah fuck it you know what I mean we're going for it and did it work? aye totally worked man because then you're just at the end it's like thing is at the end of the sesh right it goes your mate's comatose obviously your mate's had too much to drink and they're just fucking you know on the couch and that doesn't wake up to like Sunday at what like four in the morning or whatever <laughs> but uh maybe four in the afternoon but uh <coughs> But that man, so he repeated three times and then the crowd just goes for it every single time man it's right. funny as fuck uh and then even just like the wee moments where when you stop, like you you always kind of see bands and artists, they'll do one track where they'll totally strip it back and they'll just get an acoustic guitar, they'll just get the piano and they'll sing and there'll just be wee moments where the crowd will go for it. <clears throat> so you'll just stop and the crowd just starts singing. Aye, the crowd carries it. Magic, aye. The crowd just carries it and just totally sings. Like just wee moments like that, you kind of over time, you can kind of pick up like what, you, what can you do in certain songs? What moments can you improvise? Uh, but then that's all part of the fun, man. It mm. keeps it interesting. That's exactly it because you try shit and it won't work, and you try shit and you blah, like, that fucking works, and you go right, do that next time, and before you know it, it becomes part of your show because that's that's what they do. They talk about building a show when you're actually doing it. It's a live show. Aye. It's like people are coming to see something they kind of get online, they kind of get listening to your your streaming fucking singles or anything like that. It's something you need to go to the live show to get. But see, when you talk about like when you started your first gig. You need to be gigging in order to find yourself or to find out what you stand for as an artist. So have you found that? Um, aye, hundred percent, hundred percent. Would that be? <clears throat> so I, I think when we look at my music, it is really. So again, you can compare it to a lot of the sort of influences that, like, uh, so for kind of like my music and the project stand for is it's kind of, I would say, inner, inner city folk tales, other narratives. So it's just all based on 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 life, right? Mm-hmm. Life and Fife. Aye, life and Fife, life in Scotland, life, life, just, just everyone we go through. Um, but again, that's very transferable across the whole of the UK and, and the rest of the world. So that's really, it's got an element of that, but like my songs when they're at their best is when they're real life, they're relatable, but they're upbeat. Mm. Good tempo, give rhythm, the chorus is kind of like Oasis. Every Oasis song is like, 
You put their song in fucking any pub in the UK, man, people have got their arms wide, pints are in the air. Nah. Everybody's together, everybody's chanting. So that's really, I like that. Big emphemic chanting choruses, great catchy hooks. So that's the sort of element there. So it's kind of really about being real life, but being optimistic, being positive, being upbeat. And then, like, if I then contrast it to what happens at a live show, you know, I just want to see people come, have a great time, get a buzz, go home happy. Mm-hmm. And then we do it all over again, just bigger next time. Aye, ah, that's it, mate. That's, up it. Ante. that's the thing as well, because we talk about like, music, like uh, bringing back memories and that kind of thing. The live show is another thing. You want to create memories for people. That's what it is. You're creating your own memories as well as other people. So people will always remember it. Like, fuck, it's fucking brilliant. Or they, and it's like what we were just talking about there. Like, if you go and see a smaller band and you'll hear something, like, ah, fuck, these cunts are good. Whereas you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have known about this person unless you went to this gig as such. We must interrupt this podcast for a breaking announcement. There has been numerous reports in the area of a beauty bomb ready to glow up. And it's going to blow away you beauty therapists one appointment at a time. Why? Do you conduct business correspondence with clients via DMs? Are you sick of late cancellations costing you money? Do you just wish you could provide your service without worrying if the client has the cash at hand? Oh, I need to go to the bank. Well, I have a solution to your confusion. Glow Up is a service that aims to alleviate the stress involved between a client and the technician booking their appointments. Glow Out makes it easy for clients to see appointments, to book them and to pay. It takes deposits and it gets late cancellation fees, which means you won't lose out in any money. Clients can pay by card or using Apple Pay. Glowout is also partnered with payment processor Stripe. Glowout also helps you manage your bookings easily by using your calendar. The busier you get, the more stressful it is to keep track of who you've actually got coming in and when. Glowout will help you do that. On Glowout, you'll also also be able to show off your portfolio, showing off your previous work so clients can check out what you've done in the past. It will also be implementing a feature in the very, very near to be future which will connect to your Instagram profile page. You will also be featured on the Glowout website. You'll be visible to potential clients in the local area. You'll also have access to your own admin panel where you can see the account balance, generate reports and turn your hobby into a business. Glowout is basically a just eat for beauty appointments. Can he beat the convenience, can you? The mobile app for iOS and Android is coming soon. But in the meantime, for $5.99 a month, you will have access to all these features. But if you sign up using 5.0 promo code, you will get the first three months free. You can't like that for a bargain, can you? Give your business the glow up. It needs to blow up and glow up before you glow out. So see when you say you're writing songs and you want it to be transferable to people what outside of where you stay and that kind of thing, do you make a point of not being too detailed and like maybe your your lyricism and that kind of thing, where to a point that like people would only know it's you're talking about like your town? Aye. Or do you make it to a point where it could be about anywhere? Yeah, it's kinda of, it's kinda of Scottish man. I'd say it's it is um like I still drop in words like my the session the words. <laughs> Gadget, you know what I mean? Oh, so, it's, it's, it's kinda, <laughs> so it's kind of from the sesh to like the stuff I'm writing now, it's kind of went from gadget and being a bit more commercialized to use the word clown, you know. Clown's multicultural in it. <laughs> so it's like, so the words are still pretty, the words are still pretty Scottish, but people, people do kind of interpret and understand. Like people, like at the moment, being Scottish in the music scene and stuff is quite universal with some of the artists and that, how well they're doing. So people are, are picking up and they're understanding the words. Um, but I think it works right now. Don't 
like you'll you'll see some people and people you'll get told to like kind of drop the accent and finish thing like that and I all fuck that sort of people. <laughs> but what works right now is how many people are singing in Irish accents, Liverpool accents, That's exactly Liverpudlin that. accents, Manchester accents, Birmingham accents, Scottish accents, and it's working. It kind of keeps that gives you a bit of a differentiator, and it kind of keeps it real. Uh, so yeah, my my lyrics will still not not to the extreme at the start when it was like gadget and. Aye. Okay, Gadgets are fucking dodgy man like away with gadgets. There's only so many things you can rhyme with gadgets, you know uh, what I mean? I think it was drinking away with gadgets, they're just out of jail, remand, not bail. You know what I mean? That was, that was, that was, that was, that was a big line of the session. Uh, that's a, that's a so, fucking standard <laughs> in Scotland, mate, I can attest to that. But, but it, was, it was like that, but now like, there'd still be Scottish words, just I know the extremes of that. But you've, mm. got, you've got to keep, like, that, to me that's part of what kind of works is that we kind of Scottishness in it, ah because it makes it unique because if you look at the rest of the world how many if let's say use an example you were singing an American accent you get the full of fucking America doing that anyway then everybody else doing that like hinky that fucking pool then you think you an English accent no as big but still big Scottish but small niche yeah, that's yeah, the best way you stand out man it's, it makes it, it, it brings a uniqueness and plus as well if you want to use an example of someday fucking being successful singing in a Scottish accent than Jerry Cinnamon singing fucking Hamden 100% and even like you look at the song What Diamonds in the Mud better a song but mm. like even the lyrics in that man it's so Scottish Aye. but it's just it's life in Glasgow you know what I mean mm-hmm. that is what the song is but <clears throat> I think that's one of the, one of the live ones they released in the last couple of weeks but aye, that, that kind of prove like from the Scottish example but they even go further back in time it was like The View the View were another great example. Well, if mm. you listen to all of their lyrics or the Cortinas down in Manchester, like their lyrics are, it's it's inner city folk tales. You know what I mean? It's aye. your life in your area. Jamie Webster's probably a good example from like Liverpool right now. Aye, but, aye. But that's it. It's just it kind of proves that what we experience in this area up here is what people will experience down in Manchester, Liverpool, Nottingham, mm. London, mm-hmm. Bristol. Mm-hmm. Aye, because it needs somebody like, shouting out for your, your city in that, because like, as much as I like Oasis and that, I love them, and uh, but when you hear about somebody, they're talking about the rain town, and it's kind of, ah, it's great, and you're like, ah, but it's no, it's just no that, it's just no, because Scottish is so niche in itself, Aye. being Scottish, like, we can compare ourselves to England, but we're different, we just are, they're just the way the colloquialisms we use, the words we use, and it's the way we describe things. The first time I heard somebody singing about Scottishness and singing like in Scottish accents and I thought, fuck, you can actually do that, was Las Vegas. Aye, aye, aye. So see the song, Go Square Go, it was like, go square, go, aye, here, somebody, here, 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 fucking go. wants to fight you outside this girl gate. Aye, get your dad, he's gone, all that shit, and I'm like, oh my God, because I've been writing <coughs> tunes for about a, a, a year, two years up to that point, but I kind of done it in American accent and I was writing like stuff I'd heard, but I was like, ah, I was just writing, and then when I heard that, I was like, ah, fuck, you can actually write about this, and it can sound good, Aye. and it just totally changed the way I've done tunes, and now, I wouldn't change it for the world, that way, and it's just, even if it fucking, my stuff doesn't fucking get received by any cunt for the rest of the time of day, I'm still doing it because I just like doing that thing, Aye. man, but it is, it's, it's unique in itself, I've been unique. I think, the main thing for me, like music for me, is just, if it's if it's a great melody, the, you know what I mean, the world's your oyster, you can you Aye. can go, you, like there's, you can more or less make it a dance tune, an indie tune, Aye. folk tune, heavy rock tune, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so many options from there, and like the Glass Vegas stuff's just great examples, Daddy's Gone, great song, Geraldine the Social Worker, Aye. fucking great song, Go Square Go, but Go Square Go, it's like a, how many times would you at primary school and stuff like that and somebody would actually be waiting for you outside the school gates I know, you know what I mean like 
Instantly, you hear that line and you're just like, I'm going to listen to this. <laughs> that reminds me of that time. Mate. But when it comes in at the here, we fucking go then, because every gig you go, it's a Scottish thing. Even I've met artists that's performed in Scotland and they always go, I Scotland, always shout here, we fucking go then. Like, that's just a Scottish thing because they don't fucking date in fucking Brazil <laughs> or America, shout here, we fucking go. Nah, it's nah. just a pure Scottish thing. But any gig, you, you can go to a gig with fucking two people in a pub to fucking 60,000 or whatever in the fucking hydro of it. Cunts are going to be shouting here we fucking go. Oh aye, oh aye. But the fact some got put it in there, so I don't know how it's not happened there, because it's like, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's as much a part of Scottish culture as fucking the saltire. It is, it is as indoctrinated as the fucking best thing ever. Aye. Whenever cunt starts getting behind and starts shouting, you know what I mean? <laughs> so see when you get a band together, is that you get a band now? Aye, aye. How did you end up uh, recruiting your band members? Um, just like a lot of times for me, music is uh, you just strike up connections as you go. Um, like so, the the guitar player boy called Connor, great guitarist. Um, literally, when it, when I played in the pubs, I used I had to go and buy my own PA system and stuff like that. So right. he he sold, he sold me the PA system. Oh, I see. For that back then, so I knew him from there. Uh, and again, I think just kind of. Kind of just the, it was the timing. A lot of t- it's just life, man. A lot of things is timing. Eh? Like Aye. set like obviously this project was building, and then kind of like an opportunity opened up. The timing was right. He joined his best mate. Um, there's a drummer, Yogi, great drummer. So they Love two, they two <laughs> came. It was kind of like a straight partnership. And then the bass bass player. See the thing is with, um, I think being a bass player, neither respect the bass players, but playing the bass guitar for some reason seems to be like. Uh, like going in goals at fives, you know what I mean? Like everyone, <laughs> <laughs> I just I take the bass, mate. But like, take is, the bass and don't speak. <laughs> uh, which is mad because there's some like again, like, you look at Blank One Eight Two and stuff like that. There's like a lot of great bands around the world where the bass player is is fucking cool as fucking a key part of it. But it's always the hardest piece of the puzzle is finding a bass player. So I just yeah, again that was just kind of going about and gigging and meeting people and gigs and that. And then I just I found a boy, uh, Kieran, again great musician. So the three of them mixed up. Great chemistry, and then that's it. It's been uh, that's been going since I think it was the end of end of twenty twenty one. They sort of came together. He's still together. Yeah, still still playing. So um, yeah, great. I, I think when you start when you hit the big festivals and you hit headline shows, you know people are coming to see. They want to see the the what's in that recording. What you're recording, people want to see that. You know what I mean? They want Aye. they want the full show. So like it is key like over time that you do scale it up. Mm-hmm. And when and when you know people are, are are wanting the headline shows and are wanting X Y and Z, you're able to give it the big one. Aye, um, and it kind of grows over time. So that's what I've got there now. There's certain other instruments in the songs, violins and keys and stuff like that. But as it builds, more and more people kind of get get on board. Um, like if you look at Sam Fender, man, he's on stage with like know, so many people. Cunts, man. He's got a full man squad <laughs> behind him. Cunts with fucking saxophones and all that. But it is, it's banging. Aye. I mean, I love a good saxophone, I know, man. That's the one thing I'm trying to... Walking about the tune, like, ah, who's playing that fucking saxophone, aye. man? I need uh, that kind of... Like his neighbour that he's just knowing all his days, you know what I mean? Like, aye. It's because uh, <laughs> he and my band as well, see the bass player, my pal Mick, he's fucking a great bass player, you know what I mean? So I feel bad saying that about... Because you do get bass players, like, cunts, <laughs> a lot of cunts in a band, they just, they're like, right, you play the bass and you're just... Boom, 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 You're just playing single notes, but... He actually messaged me. It was at this, I had the same kind of scenario as you, where I always wanted to be in a band, and I think everybody that picks up a guitar does dream of being in a band at some stage. But it was weird. It wasn't. I had. I would have at the, the the point I went and played a gig once. It was way out in fucking Edinburgh, right next to the airport. A pure random gig, and a guy came up to us. He's like, ah, "Mate, if you're looking for a drummer, he's a shout." Aye. And then 
this guy, uh, Mick, I end up powering. He watched my stuff. He just sent me a video playing the bass. He's like, if you're looking for a bass plug, he's a shout. It's happened like, in the same week. Aye. I'm like, ah, what the fuck? And then I had a pal, Patterson. He plays. When I first started, end up powering with this group that were in a band years ago, he was the, the lead guitarist. So I end up saying to him, jump along, we'll get a, a rehearsal, man. We'll fucking get a jam. So now we're in a band, which is great. And then I'm just like, yeah, I'm in a fucking band. Now, know what I mean, and plus, as well, as you say, it does help scale it up. Like when you want to go and play festivals and bigger gigs because your bands are more likely to get hired to play these kind of slots because it's good if you're an established singer-songwriter that's maybe got the setup with the loop pedal, the kicks and all that, man, but with just doing a guitar, there's, there's only, I think, only so far you can go in right. terms of playing live or people are kind of look, they look for that kind of big band sound. Yeah, I 100%. I think it gets to the point where you just try to run past the whole team yourself, you know what I mean? It's like... Mm. I, even on stage like we are banding that as well it's a team game like everybody's got a, everybody's got a role to play you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's like it's like getting that that chemistry and it gets to a point yeah when it gets to certain levels like that's what people want they want the full Aye. you know what I mean that's because there's only so like and you will get like for me my, my style of songs they still can be played acoustically and if I look at like people like I look up to people I know that now it's like Kyle, Kyle Faulkner's reviews is a good example like he'll still go about and he'll do acoustic shows because the songs are that good that they can be played acoustically so you'll have two style of shows where people will come out just for the acoustic sing-along but then they'll also come out for like the full shebang you know aye, that mean? big band energy aye where everybody's jumping about going fucking mental because it. It, it provides two dynamics because see Fuse No Gallagher as an example, see when uh, like when you see some shows, it was mostly when Liam fucking end up mad with the night I fall and patch the gig. He'd end up playing uh, the acoustic, but when you hear it acoustic, is I think I don't know if it's maybe because you can hear the words a lot clearer or because it's stripped back. It becomes more emotional. It's more emotional. It's more heartfelt. Whereas when it's the full band, it's more energetic. It's more it's more Aye. getting mad with music. Whereas if you're kind of it's pure tugging at the heartstrings and you kind of. When you hear about just the songwriter, if it's a person who's wrote it singing with the guitar, it is. It's it provides that kind of that, that emotional side of things, man. It's totally, it's just totally like differently. When you've got when you've got a band or a like, kind of squad there with you, I mean, there's there's more people to kind of amplify the sound, get the crowd going. But when you're on your own, like you've got to, you know, what I mean, you've got to do different things. You mm. just said they're using your voice, like Dead in the Water, great song, oh, amazing song, amazing song. That song when he when like you see no when he sings that. Again, it's about the lyrics, it's about the emotions, it's about that side of the performance. But I feel when you do it, when you're just on your own acoustically and you're on that stage yourself, it's like you've got to use your voice, you got to use your lyrics, you got to get that connection with the audience, but then you've also got to use your partner, you know what I mean? Mm. You've got to use your partner and kind of work the stage a wee bit. Because uh, when you have the band with you, then you've got that, you know what I mean? You've got more people making bigger sounds, because the, the rhythm's gone people are jumping up and down but yeah when it's totally different when you're on your own it's like ah uh, you've got you've just got to kind of play on different things ah you see it's like we've used a football analogy it's like playing in different positions in it man it's still the same game because uh, me just like being a singer songwriter for all this time I would overcompensate I'd play the guitar a bit louder I'd sing a bit louder but and I would sing a bit more forcefully when I'm trying to fucking get everything you know what I mean but when I was recording with the band quite recently the producers were like listen you don't need to shout you don't need to sing as loud, you don't need to blast the guitar, you can strip it back because you've got all this going on around you and you learn as you're writing songs or as you're performing, there's two styles to it because as well, if you're just blasting, singing, screaming with the band behind you, it's going to end up a fucking pure wall of noise. Aye. So see when you're writing now, do you write differently 
before a band because you know right the band can fill in the gaps here whereas before it was just yourself uh, no I've, I've, I've always kind of written in a way that I'd obviously intend over time that I know that you would need you know I mean a bass player and a mm -hmm. guitarist and, and a drummer just to get there's obviously certain beats you would use hooky guitar riffs the, and then obviously the bass gone as well so I knew like you would you would need that so that sort of that's that remains consistent I know how to kind of like I always balance the way I write just different sections every single section of a song has a different purpose to me right mm -hmm. so that's where it kind of balances with the different arrangements and instrumentation coming in but um, but I had always kind of written for day one like all my songs were kind of they were recorded in a way that you know you would need over time a, a, like a, a a band kind of playing me as well right right I see um, the wanting, wanting is still consistent is just lyrics and acoustic guitar that kind of that holds it all together you know what I mean mm -hmm. but what's built around that there would still always be that electric guitar sort of hooky riff drums um, and then bass as well I could technically record in a way if I went doing the pure loop pedal route I could have still recorded a wee riff wee hooky riff I like, I like the wee riffs where you know it's a good guitar riff if the crowd's harmonising with the riff you know what I mean uh, you, the, da, 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 you know what I mean like mm -hmm. kind of like that so I could have done that acoustic guitar and then a kick pedal you know what I mean that's kind of all it would be um, but I know I just again I, like what when I when I look back at my favourite band Stone, like I love Stone Roses love Oasis Cortinas The View like even like Pill and the Teenies a singer songwriter example plays with a band you know what I mean like that's what my love of music is so that's kind of the way like how I've been influenced and the way I see like my stuff going forward as well aye totally because uh, see even the look pedal stuff and all that I don't know fucking if you're neurodivergent or whatever you get fucking ADHD you can do all these things man but I think it would take something away don't get me wrong Jerry Cinnamon carries it well but with the band you can focus on just doing your part the guitar and the singing and let the rest of it get filled in rather than going like aye. right try to find that time I'm sure over time you do develop that as a skill but <laughs> It does allow you to focus more on right singing, singing the words and playing the rhythm. Aye. So, see, you're returning to King Touch. When is the date again? Uh, 14th, Friday the 14th of July. Friday, Friday the, the 14th, just a day after it been a dodgy day. Uh. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, see, you know, you're returning here. What kind of artist is it is returning here compared to the one that was there the first time? Um. So, this is going to be the third time I played it. So, it's King Touch Summer Nights. First time I've been a, a headliner on the bill. So, if I compared it to. When I first went there in 2021, <laughs> I was me, acoustic guitar, electric guitar, swapping in between, loop pedaling like fucking mad, ripping the arse with the loop pedal, <laughs> ripping the arse with the kick pedal, They're just constant here we fucking goes, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and in comparison to now, so I went for that to now I've got, I've got the boys, so it's going to be, it's more like, I see the genre, it's singer-songwriter, bit indie rock energetic amphemic so kind of it's, it's it's quite cool to kind of see it just like being that back then to mm. see what it is now Aye. and like how the sort of product and that's totally changed totally man and, because and it's grown arms and legs isn't it scaled, scaled up so I if, if people are coming to the show there that's what it's going to be it's going to be upbeat indie bangers everybody has a good fucking time we get on it and then we go home happy there we go that's man it. a very successful night because uh, the summer night spell is a lot of decent artists in that playing it and it's a run I think it's a run over is it the period of July aye so seven weeks so it goes July into August but when you look back in history you know King Touch is a venue itself has got fucking steeps of history Oasis and all that you know mm -hmm. what I mean that link there but summer nights when you look back at summer nights some of the names that have been bands and artists that have played in it 
I've went on to like like really really big things and some have only been supports on it mm-hmm. that means some have been headliners but generally like who's who's been on that bill it kind of showcases the best of what's coming through in Scotland so mm-hmm. it is when when I started out that was always like a target like I wanted to be a part of that and I wanted to play in it so um, uh, yeah I'm grateful and I can't wait for it so is this the first time you're performing as part of the Summer Nights bill? Yeah, so I've never I've never played Summer Nights before. I've played New Year's Revolution, kind of similar idea to Summer Nights, just takes place in January. Uh-huh. So I've done that as uh, one of the support acts. Uh, I supported a band called March Ramp the Bicycle Thieves. Um, they they supported Louis Capaldi in Europe like a couple of months back. So that was New Year's Revolution, but now yeah, it's the first time I've I've played the Summer Nights. Nah, brilliant so, man. Nah, Friday night. Aye, Friday night, Friday night man. Because you, you've got a very good slot with that as well, man. Hoping to sell it up. Aye, hundred percent. That's it. It's just. Uh, Push to get sold out, get a bounce in. Get the videos done, get the TikToks done. Aye, get that, get the socials going. Do you never do any like, stuff for, let's see, because TikTok is a great thing. I see a lot of people, I've got pals and that are on TikTok and they're fucking on the ball with videos, see for content. Sometimes I, I need to let an idea hit me, I'll be dozing about like, I thought I could have done a video there. Do you ever plan to do like, any, right, I'm going to make try and make a video for this TikTok at this gig? Do you ever do anything like that? Um... Yeah, so like the last time, like, like last time I played, I, I had in my head, I was like, right, I need to get, I need to capture this moment. You know I mean, that like, again, just experience of like what has worked in the past. Like we need to get this on video, uh, and then as well, like I, I knew that I needed to get kind of two songs, two songs kind of videoed, but plus as well, you kind of want to capture like, your shows, the crowd having a great time. Mm. Uh, crowd having a great time goes out in the socials and you'll see that with the folk like your mates and that posting because then folks see that and they identify and go that looks, that looks like fucking banter I'm going next time aye. you know what I mean so aye, so again how do I come up with that it's just you, you see great examples there's people over the socials that are great influences great examples you'll see that and then you'll have people kind of in your networks and stuff being like God, you should do that you know what I mean it's just sometimes it's just luck of the people that you've got around you aye. coming up with the sort of great ideas and stuff like that so um I like. I think this time, like, I do have like a plan. You'll you'll say like you'll be a photographer, and that, and there'll be like certain moments you want to get on on the video, on the camera, um, and I just post them on the socials for everybody to see. Because a lot of people, they want to see that. They want like I think people they like to. They're not just like they'll get behind you for your music, but they want to learn a lot about you as well, and they want to see behind the scenes stuff, and they want mm. to see a lot of stuff that they don't get to see by just buying a ticket. You know what mm. I mean? So it's good to kind of capture those mashups of. Like here's the gig day, or here's here's my journey going down to the festival. I vlog on a ferry and, and vlog like people they, they do love seeing that, and sometimes they just love seeing just a picture of you outside the gig with a pint going like this. Uh, I mean. humanizes you, man. <laughs> he's one of us. He's a wreckhead, He's one of us. I can go for a pint with him. Aye, fucking good guy. You know what I mean that it stuff. So establishes that relatability as well because it's one thing you see somebody on the stage, but you're an artist on a stage. It's it's an act. It is an act to a degree, <coughs> to some, no, I mean, you're obviously being yourself, but it's, you're performing, you're in a professional capacity, but to see the human side of people, and all, that's what we always look for, because first, if you meet some, I met fucking Liam Gallagher, the first cunt, thing cunts are going to say, what was he like? You know what I mean? They're going to want to know, even if they fucking Aye. watched every fucking interview, every gig, they're always going to want to know, what's the real person like? And it's, usually it's quite different, man. And uh, fucking usually you're disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Never meet your heroes, as they say. <laughs> so, what do you hope to achieve in your music career? Um, so it was interesting. So when I first started out, right, I put, I put there was a, like an interview in the local press, and I was like the end man, sold at Hamden Park, right? <laughs> 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 I was like, what a fucking sold at Hamden Park. Um, 
I've been lucky enough. I got really lucky, kind of on the uh, like TikTok social media front. I ended up getting invited to play at Murrayfield, so I've played on the pitch and on the roof of Murrayfield Stadium. Really? Before, what was that for? Uh, before one of the rugby games. Right. Was, was it to uh, the the full stadium? Uh, so I think it, like I think the attendance that day was something like it was like fifty-seven thousand. Oh, So it was fucking mental because like before that, I played in Sneaky Peach Club in Edinburgh which is like a poetry club man it's like a hundred cat venue uh, so you go for that to like sound check and then you're in Murrayfield Stadium you're like in the north stand and the south stand and the west stand just been like how the fuck have I got myself here <laughs> so that that was pretty special like I always wanted to play in a stadium like obviously my aim goal now is to do that as your own show mm. I know I've got a long way to go to do that but you know that's that's me being very ambitious and having dreams man I, I want to play the biggest festivals in the world I want to sell it you know Hamden's like spiritual for me man that, that'd be it but realistically as a person, you know, if I can get to a point, and again, this is maybe just kind of experience over time, if I can get to a point where you're sustainable and you've got a credible name in music, right, and I'm not just doing PG Chalet, a singer-songwriter stuff, I'm in a point where I'm a co-writer and I'm writing other people and I'm helping other people out, um, then to me that's a success. But I'm always going to have... <laughs> I'm always going to have the dreams and ambitions to play, you know, the Glastonbury's and the Hamden Parks ah, and stuff. That's never, that's never going to change, man. I always aim high. You may never get as high as you want to go, but by aiming high, you can kind of get pretty high along ah, the way. Definitely get near to it. You get a lot nearer to it if you didn't. So that's it. Like for me, like I'm ambitious. Like you want to, you want to do the stadiums, you want to do the biggest festivals, you want to get to number one in the charts, all that sort of stuff. That's always going to be your dreams and ambitions, but. Uh, it's all part of the journey, but I'm just obviously excited to see what happens. Ah, of course. Um, it's fate. If you get there, it's fate. Um, if you didn't get there, I'm sure you'll still do a lot of amazing things and have a fucking great time. So uh, that's what it's all about. It's all about enjoying the journey, isn't it? Because it's one thing to look at these. These are the goals, and I'll not be happy until I reach them. But it's enjoying the moment. Like as you say, like you know, you're in a band, you're playing King Tut's a part of the summer nights, man. It's like when you started, you would have dreamed of this moment, and now you're loving it. So it's. Aye. Plus as well, it re-establishes the confidence like well, I dreamt about getting to this stage. So the dream about reaching the next stage or even further afield seems a lot more realistic than it maybe did at the start. So do you do this as a full-time living? Um, not at the moment. You still have <coughs> kind of jobs and that. And the still side have bills to pay, unfortunately. Aye. So it's, kind of, it's interesting. Like You still have bills and that to pay, but you build over time and there will come the right moment where you can you know go full time and you, you've got enough to, to keep you going so it's just an, I think most people are more or less the same it's kind of you either have a job or you'll kind of be like a student or that to start with mm. so like it's just kind of building it and reaching the point where you can totally go for it but again that's all part of the journey and the plan ah, I mean? that's exactly but it mate, all, I mean you need, you, need to, uh, you need to put in the graft to eventually get there and reach the heights so is there any kind of dream gigs or collabs you said a dream gig would be Hamden as such selling out anybody you'd like to kind of work with um, maybe as a songwriter or maybe writing a song or performing a song aye so when I grew up when I grew up uh, like I loved I loved The View and there was also a band called Sergeant I've been lucky enough that I've I've been out to kind of Spain with Kyle Faulkner and stuff been out to Spain yeah I just, they do like a writing camp in Spain like for really? like loads of different singer, like for singer songwriters so what, and what, bands what does this writing camp consist of <coughs> do you pay money to go to it or do you get invited aye so you basically you'll you 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 can pay. You go. You, you it's like a villa in Spain, but like for the whole time you're just you're just having a good time. But then you're jamming with other musicians, right. and you're jamming with like guest writers as well, um, that are like people that have been kind of really successful in the in the music industry. So that's mm -hmm. that's a sort of great experience. So I've I've kind of had that, which is great in the past. But kind of looking forward, uh, Jerry Cinnamon would be class man. I would love that. Uh, but I do have, but lucky enough when I I played in Glasgow. 
supported a, an artist called Lois Dunford. Right. Uh, ah, he's brilliant, man. I like some of his songs. Amazing. Like, just, again, more just from a London perspective, but it's kind of London inner city folk tales, like real life sort of stuff. I love that style of music. Um, <clears throat> would love to work with him. Mm-hmm. I just love his lyrics, man. I think his lyrics are fucking unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And his songs are great. Uh, so I'd love to perform live with him and, and write with him as well. But I take the Gallagher's, that'd be class. Uh, Jerry Cinnamon and then I like the, the Kyle stuff as well. So I was lucky as well. So I did, <laughs> I went to one of Kyle's shows and uh, he's got the song The View Face for the radio. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a couple of minutes before he went on and he was just like, right, you're coming up for Face for the radio, but you're doing the backing vocals. So then he's like three songs in, he's like, right, such and such, he's coming, he's coming on the stage and he always rips me, he calls me the Ouija Pfeiffer, man, it's a <laughs> So he gets on the stage and he's just like, right, he's like, uh, he's like, right, you're fucking singing it. And then we just fuck, and then I just went for it. But again, it was just that thing, like he was, again, like going back to a five-a-side team when you've got quality players, the, the quality players make you look good, you know what I mean? But it was just like that, you're playing with a quality musician. And it was just totally, totally improvised, but the crowd fucking loved it and the place went crazy. Fuck, so, I mean? so where was that? What venue? So that was in PG Malloy's. Right, whereabouts is that? Yeah, uh, so, that so that's in uh, Dunfermline. Right, so I was see. Kind of, he was doing the circuit room playing like the wee acoustic gigs. Was he playing it uh, as Kyle Faulkner solo act? <laughs> Aye, that right, night, just right. solo acoustic. So you go to them and it's like, just sold out the venue of people and they're all just singing all his, his songs, the view songs, covers and stuff like that, and it's great, but... Aye, that that was that was great. Like I do like that sort of in the moment sort of stuff. Um, but aye, th- those sort of names, those are the ones I'd, I'd like to sort of collab with. Definitely stuff. get that on your. But I'm always open, board. man. Anybody who wants to write or perform, man, just DM me, <laughs> email <laughs> me, slide in the DM, just minus the dick pics. Be a DM slider. <laughs> <laughs> so how did this writing camp go? What was your experience of that? Anything mental go down there? Who who did you meet out there for Kyle Fortner was there? Was he part of the camp? <coughs> but was that he meant to be there or did you Aye. he just so happened to be there and you so, went to it? So he he was like he was a guest writer, so he he was there. Uh, there was a band called the Shambolics, I know they two boys. Oh I really fucking well like their music. As well. So they were they were out there. So that was the example. So it's like bands from Scotland, bands from England, like indie sort of bands. So you'd experience so you've got Kyle there, you've got producers and then you've got bands and artists so you just you just go and you'll set time with the writers right. you'll come with your ideas you'll work together you'll learn off people and then you'll just have a big sort of jam you know what I mean right I see big jam so it's a lot of writing a lot of um, they've got like a pool and stuff like that so you're out there in the sun having a good time relaxing and then just a lot of jamming and singing and that as well so Brilliant, all around man. a good time so um, that's one of the camps I know there's, there's, there's people that do that style of things as well but if you're kind of say, looking for ideas and you want to learn and you want to improve it's those sort of stuff strike up good connections with people and then you also uh, come away with some bangers and that as well totally so what did you learn for that camp that we were able to implement in your songwriting process um so from from that side of stuff again i think what I took there again the melody side of things letting the melody kind of drive what you're doing and then also just kind of lyrics and structuring as well right so do you implement these these techniques into your writing today aye aye um, not just from that experience, just from different times when I work with different writers and stuff as well. Um, there'll be certain techniques and there'll be certain things these people do. There'll be also things I'll watch like TikTok as well. Like there's Guy Chambers is a great example. He's a guy that more or less co-wrote like Angels by Robbie Williams yeah, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Just real life stuff with working with writers and other artists, but then also work at watching the con- like content. Man, folk will show you how they've wrote a song. That's why I like start learning the keys because I've seen somebody do it on TikTok being like, this is how I got back to the home note, you know what I mean? It was just like a progression of notes and I uh-huh. was like, 
if I didn't have a key, like a keyboard or knew how to do that, I wouldn't be able to do that. You know what I mean? So mm. like now when I do that, it's totally changed. Like I'll kind of consider these things to see where I go in the song. So I, my, like my process just evolves over time. Doesn't it stay static? It just evolves over nah, time. that's it. it. It's just it's always been the student in it. Always been willing to learn and always be willing to try new things because, as a prime example, man, you did for me. I fucking reached a stalemate just doing the same shit. Because after a while, the brain's like, ah, right, let's try something new, mate. And you'll get to a point as well. Your audience will notice it, and it is. It's, it's constantly trying to evolve and be an artist in it. Uh, 100%. Especially. So, what are your plans for the future right now? You've got this gig at King Tuts. Have you got anything else lined up? Um, <coughs> Musically, like, music-wise, like, have you any releases of that as well? Aye, so it's been it's been great. Uh, great year so far. So, King Tuts, Friday, Friday, f- 14th of July that's, that's the big show um, where can people get tickets um, so basically all, all of my social media there's a link on my socials uh, link on my socials link on all my stories it's just everywhere man you know what I mean uh, on my website on the King Touch website there's tickets there so if you want a big night of music get on there get a ticket and we'll have a fucking mad one Friday but, night at Touch <laughs> do not miss it <laughs> so that's 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 the sort of near future uh, so I, I will I've, I've been working new songs I do have a new song that I'm about to uh, start to announce and start the sort of release process for that so that's kind of coming as well as a, as a double whammy um, very very soon uh, and then yeah from there they'll be uh, kind of taking the show to different parts of the country keep the releases going as well keep that going and then uh Keep keep going on the socials, keep building there, and then again for me it's just keep keep trying to get on the festivals. Hopefully, somebody takes me on a big support tour. I would love that, and then if I can get kind of support something down the country, uh, into Europe and that man, I'd fucking take that in a heartbeat. So and that's there the you plan. go, man. That's the full time singer songwriter band fucking frontman. Aye, that's the job in it, right on the CV. Aye, and that's it. And then just kind of writing all the time, writing all the time. Um, just keep that skill going. Keep trying new stuff. Keep working with different people. That's. That's the plan, man. Nah, that's it, man. And here, a good time. Nah, that's exactly. Enjoy every moment of it, man, because these are the best days of your life. You've got to be looking back like oh, They were the fucking days, man. Aye. So, see if I could ask you a question. I always ask people this when I talk about legacy. Like, what do you want to establish in your life like, when in your in your dying moments you're like, ah, I'm glad I've done that. I want to be remembered for that. Uh, see, I think when I start, like, I always think about this recently, man. It's like, you do spend and you'll do certain routines in your life and you're sitting there and you're like, fuck you're like one day you're just literally and this is deep man it's like you're just gonna sit there and your life's just gonna flash and that's it and you'll be like why the fuck did i know do that 50 mm. year ago or i know that 60 year ago um i think for me like obviously i want to kind of be successful be remembered for my music and i think for me as well just kind of if i can along the way give people a bit of happiness inspire people not just to do music but just different things in their life because mm-hmm. like for me there's different folk that inspired me in life and the one is specifically musicians they'd just be like people of similar backgrounds coming from similar areas Aye. across Scotland that have just went you know what doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter where you're from if you've got a talent you've got a dream you've got a passion you can go for it do the right things be nice to people work your fucking arse off and then you can go and do something very special so if I can obviously get a le- have a legacy there but inspire give folk happiness but inspire people along the way as well man and that's it for me man that's exactly that, that man. box text I <laughs> definitely man that's a that's a part of the bucket list for you in it as well plus it's easy with music as well music's got the potential to stay around long after you die so you could pass on well you will eventually one day hopefully it's 
years and years away, you know what I mean? Don't want you to die tomorrow, for fuck's sake. Don't need you uh, to meet, meet this gig. But, uh, <laughs> so, with that, it's like music can stand the test of time for you, you can still do all these things, it's always there, hopefully, fucking, unless fucking Spotify goes to fuck or right. whatever your stuff's on, man. But it's get the ability to transcend time and be that thing, be that vessel to carry on your message long after you pass away. So I hope it does happen for you, man, but it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. It's good to find somebody else that's kind of into the same stuff as me, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's usually kind of different. No many people I, I get on this singer-songwriters and that, so it's always good to pick some of these brains and find out their methods and steal their secrets, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's it, man. But uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. Have you anything else you want to promote to the camera before you go or that? Eh, just, just the usual, man. Just the, the shameful plug of... Uh, so on my socials and that, it's PG Charletta, good old Scottish second name. What, Scottish-Italian? Aye, um, what is it? Is it Italian? Aye, Italian. How do you say it? Charletta? Charletta. Charletta. Like, like, like a CH, man. Like oh, CH, right, Charletta. Right, right. the silent H. Aye, that's why I get slated. I get called Shabbat and that the time. Oh, bastards. Shabastards. So, all the social media platforms, all the streaming platforms, you can find my socials there, the music there. Give me a follow. And uh, aye, Friday the 14th of July, get a ticket for King Tuts, come along. It's going to be a fucking great night. And uh, just yourself man thank you very much it's been a pleasure and thanks for having me on pleasure's all mine people thank you very much for coming on my friend everybody go and check him out and get a ticket Friday the 14th in July see you later people like subscribe and don't get wide catches